This episode is sponsored by Canaccord Genuity Wealth Management, experienced wealth managers who go above and beyond to guide and support you. CanDo is more than just an attitude. It's navigating today for a brighter tomorrow. Visit CanDoWealth.com. Hello and welcome to Coffee House Shots, the Spectator's daily politics podcast. I'm Cindy Yu and I'm joined by James Hill and Katie Balls. So over the weekend, Lee Anderson lost the Tory whip as we reported on this podcast. Katie, it's Monday morning now. What's moving on with the story? I think the Lee Anderson debacle is still dominating the headlines. And it feels, I think, in a way that before that happened, um, you got near the end of last week and the chaos in the House of Commons, and there was a quite serious discussion going on about mob politics, about you know whether protests, um, as we have seen, you know, to the point that MPs feel like they're under threat for their safety. How does the House of Commons in the present day deal with that intimidation against MPs on these tricky issues? Since Lee Anderson came out and made his comments about Sadiq Khan and, I'm using the inverted commas, his mates, refused to apologise and redrew the whip, it now feels as though the conversation has moved to one instead about the Tory party and Islamophobia, the Tory party and Islam, and whether Tory MPs are exhibiting anti-Muslim statements rather than just questioning Islam extremism. Now, I think in terms of the tone from the government, Rishi Zinnick was criticised for not saying anything personally over the weekend, though I think I've probably argued that redrawing the whip sends a quite clear message of where the government sits on something. You did have some words coming from the Prime Minister on Sunday, which were about how society was very divided, how he was the first Asian Prime Minister, so he feels issues of racism very strongly, and the need to not be deterred. But in that statement, it didn't really say anything about Lee Anderson by name. And I think that it was almost such a form of words that it hit on the main themes, but it was quite hard to place directly into what the current conversation is. Rishi Sunak has this morning given an interview where he has been pressed on this and he seemed to go a little bit further than I think some of the things at the weekend by saying that implying effectively it's not just that Lee Anderson didn't apologise. The comments he said you know, go way too far. Whereas I think if you look at some of the other phrasing, um, it's been, well, if he apologises, there could be a way back. Now, I still think there could be a way back for Lee Anderson partly because there are portions of the Tory party who are very um, unhappy that he has lost the whip but I think the tricky thing now is any Tory MP sounding a bit sympathetic to Lee Anderson is being read as Tory MPs back what Lee Anderson said on Sadiq Khan the problem is that isn't exactly what is happening. <laughs> Instead, I've spoken to lots of Tory MPs who think that what he said probably meant he did have to have the whip removed, particularly because he wouldn't apologise. But they also think it is a problem having Lee Anderson losing the whip, not least because, as we discussed on Saturday, the reform parties made it clear he would have a home with them, or at least Nigel Farage has made that clear on their behalf, but also because they think that he is someone who's very popular with their base. And if you're not following the minutiae of this, it could be seen as uh, you know reducing that red wall appeal and so forth. So I think this still has some road to go. And James, it has split the Conservative Party, hasn't it? Because there's, there's been some debate, let's say, on um, WhatsApp groups concerning Conservative MPs. Tell us what's going on there. Yeah, so I think Katie really identifies it, which is that very few Tory MPs are going to say 
that Lee Anderson was right as something as, as simple as that, in that some might say, oh, you know, I think his, his sentiment was right, got his words wrong. A couple will say, oh, I like Lee, but I'm, you know, I'm not sure he was right about this. Very few are actually saying explicitly that he was right about this. I don't think anyone would really have that. The question is, what your reaction to Lee Anderson's suspension is? And there's been a couple of fights over the Tory WhatsApp groups on the weekend. I spoke to one Conservative MP who said that their concern was that this a suspension of the whip was going to merely encourage the so-called wets within their party. So this whole thing about Lee Anderson gets get dragged into the context of the broader ideological conflict going on within the Conservative Party. Never miss a chance for psychodrama into Conservative Well, exactly. <laughs> so even so, one MP who disagreed with what Lee Anderson said was like, well, I'm still concerned about the suspension because there's a precedent that's now been set. And the Tories um, who are on the right of the party are now pointing to this and saying, look, just because you've suspended Lee Anderson isn't going to stop people like the Labour Party calling for like Liz Truss to be suspended. And mm. the question is, you know, fine, you can suspend Lee Anderson for his language, but their concern is that it's a bit like, um, you know, Churchill's line about you know feeding crocodiles is that actually we're just going to then lead to the Labour Party saying, hang on a sec, if Lee Anderson's suspended, why, why isn't Liz Truss suspended for comments about the deep state, for refusing to criticise Steve Bannon when he's... Um, praising and eulogising Tommy Robinson. So I think that what we saw over the weekend was different signs of this on the Tory WhatsApp groups. One row which I reported on was Tobias Elwood urging John Hayes to delete a message in which he said that terror is the biggest issue facing the UK in terms of a national security threat this weekend. A lot of Tory MPs then piled in on Tobias Elwood. Uh, some of them were referencing his uh, Taliban video last year when he, he sang the praises of how Afghanistan had changed under the Taliban. So again, it, you know, the Leanderson row then serves as a kind of displacement activity whereby people who don't like Tobias Elwood will pile in and criticise it. And it's how these things can get sucked into the mire and, and sort of the agenda Richard Sunex wants to talk about instead ends up talking about things about personalities. And that's why I think it's one of the dangers, the argument perhaps against, say, for instance, a, a later election after the Tory conference because it would mean that you'd have all these kind of loose cannons going off, etc. And the other row is obviously that simply that a number of Tory MPs have... Uh, on a Red Bull Tory MP group have um, concerns about uh, Anderson being suspended, not least because he could defect a reform and what that means for reform's chances. Mm. And Katie, um, James mentioned there this row over Liz Truss and what's happened is that, um, you know, she's been standing next to Steve Bannon, formerly Trump's advisor, while he was praising Tommy Robinson and didn't say anything about it. How much of a dangerous spot is that for Rishi Sunak? Because there are calls now for him to punish her somehow. So I think it's unhelpful. At the same time, I think it's hard to um, punish someone for not saying something. Um, in the sense, it's much easier to to discipline an active statement. And therefore, you could have a situation where, therefore, by just appearing at an event with someone who um, goes against the party's values, you know, if you think about Labour examples in the past, if it's someone who's seen as sympathetic to a group that is prescribed, that is the type of thing. I don't think you can do that right now with Steve Bannon. Unless the Tory rulers... Steve Bannon is so past the pale and we've decided he is X type of person so therefore you cannot share a platform mm. with him. I think it is hard to therefore say Liz Trush, you must lose a whip. Certainly what she has got up to at CPAC in terms of those various exchanges, Deep State, um, you know, appearing on it has horrified some in her party. He was quite keen for her to keep a very low profile anyway. I think they almost thought, you know, when she was appearing at the popcorn launch just across the road from mm. Parliament, I think they thought that was bad enough. Then <laughs> I'm going to CPAC and suddenly getting quite in with quite, you know, t with that movement of Republicans and Trump supporters. So I think you can imagine the responses in, in those parts of the party. But I, I think probably the, the comments which are um, 
have the closest parallels to what Leanne said and more what uh, Suada Bravman has been talking about in terms of um, the domination and how she is saying is the now in control of the country now I think what actually meant that the view in governments Lee Anderson had crossed the line on this was the his mates yeah um which I think was it meant it became very personal as opposed to more talking in the abstract um but the tricky thing is such a naughty subject and it's one where you really need nuance now is the Tory party famous for nuance is WhatsApp famous for nuance are Tory MPs on WhatsApp gonna have much nuance I think we can probably say the answer is no so it does mean you are in a bit of a place where I think the fever pitch on this means that you could quite easily see a situation where as the week goes on, there's more odd comments here and there, which I don't think are necessarily suggesting the party is you know, having a huge divide on this. It's just that everything looks very inflamed and so forth. Because the reason I don't think the Tory party has a huge divide on this is because I haven't spoken to a single MP, having spoken to lots of different MPs who supports what Lee Anderson said, but you then get, as I mentioned earlier, into the complication of whether you would like Lee Anderson to be in the Tory party. But I think Downing Street would like Lee Anderson to be in the Tory party. Mm. I think they're quite reluctant for the various reasons we've mm. just gone through to have to take the action. Um, so, so uh, yeah, we'll see how it shakes out. And James, speaking of tricky positions to be in, um, the Speaker, Lindsay Hoy, has had a bit of a torrid week last week. On Monday morning, then, how secure is his position? What's going to happen with that story this week? So currently the number of MPs' signatures on the no-confidence motion of the Speaker is at 71, so one in nine of the 650 MPs in Parliament. And I think you can probably expect that number to slightly rise when MPs return after the weekend after lots of discussion. Currently the SNP have been offered a a Standing Order 25 uh, debate on Gaza following last week's row about procedure, but they're lobbying to make that a new binding vote after last week's action. But of course that means that if you then try to assuage the SNP, you then stand accused of of bending the rules twice in a week. And so I think he's in quite a a, uh, uncomfortable position for the Speaker to be in. I suppose my judgment now is that I think he still retains a willingness of the government to kind of continue in his position, not least because of the precedent it, w- it would set. But I do think he's certainly not out of the woods just yet. And uh, we wait to see this afternoon what happens in the House uh, when it begins sitting after the weekend break. Mm. James and Katie, thanks very much. And thank you very much for listening at home. If you like this podcast, do give us a rating and a review. And why not tell a friend about it?